0: Welcome back to the episode of All Dad Jazz. My name is Giovanni, your host. This is a podcast basically talking about the journey of fatherhood, what it takes to get here, and what it's like after. Whether it's one child, two, three, four, five, who knows? That's your preference, and I applaud you for it. In this episode, a very special episode, I'm going to go ahead and bring on a special guest of mine, a good friend, actually expanding well over is it two decades now. I first met him in 2003 in middle school, definitely early teen stage. My goodness, I'm super anxious to see how my kids are when they're that age. Um, but without further ado, I'd like to introduce everybody to my friend, Sal. What's going on, Sal? Oh, it's nothing much. Wow. <laughs> Hard to believe. Two decades already. Two decades. Was it seventh grade? Step, um, I believe, I think it was eighth Eighth grade, eighth, like yeah. the middle of eighth grade. Yes, yeah, Ogs, yeah. and but yeah, still. For those, who are, yeah, yeah, the Apaches, or they don't call them <laughs> that anymore, do they? It's the Warriors. Probably, I'm surprised they still kept that. Yeah, exactly. Politically correct and all that good stuff, and eh. yeah,
1: that that one even is still on the fence a bit.
0: Yeah, not many spot, people yeah. can say
1: they've known somebody for you know twenty years. I mean, that it, that's an honor in itself.
0: Yeah, it is. I see. Because <laughs> I know um, we actually got reconnected, at, I believe it's probably the middle of 2015, right? I was still living yep. in Korea, obviously. I was actually in Seoul. And uh, you just kind of reached out out of the blue one of these, right? One of those days. And I was just like, hey, yeah. it's it's Sal. What's, what's going on? And we just kind of just reconnected. Yeah. And uh, when my family and I went home a year ago, uh, you and your now fiance, um, <laughs> congrats, by the way, so... If you guys oh, were listening to this episode, exactly, this is the person I was giving a shout out to, both Sal and Susan, really good friends of ours, and they're recently engaged, and I couldn't be more excited for the both of them. So, uh, a lovely, a lovely new chapter coming your way. So, that's that's amazing. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're excited for it. We're excited to have you guys come over for it. I
0: mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll be there. We will be there. Going back to our reconnecting, it just amazes us, like, because at that time, uh, you, you were a dad you were a dad already mm-hmm. or me i was like yep. this 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 traveler just didn't know where i was going to go the year after i'm just going from contract to contract and that's basically what i wanted to f- focus on primarily for this episode we do have another experienced dad a dad who's been a dad much longer than i have so i would like to really hear his input and see kind of uh, how his journey was becoming a dad and where he's at now um so let's uh, let's jump into it All right, so so how long have you been a dad for how many years well my little guy is gonna turn
1: 14 in march so wow going on 13 and three quarter years
0: <laughs> wow wow you are a dad of a teenager that's uh, uh would you say i know it's early stages but would you say it's easy easy uh transition um, from the adolescent age I would say
1: it's easy, yes, but more the difficult thing is the transition of knowing that, you know, your your little guy is is not, you know, so little anymore. He's making that transition into self-dependence. You know, he can take care of himself a little more. He doesn't need you as much. You know, he's starting to acquire his own friends and his own routines and little by little, you're not. Involved as much, and it sure. it, it takes a toll the on you. That's the hard part. Raising him is easy. He's a he's a great kid, but um, you know, just watching him transition into his own routines that's the hard part.
0: <laughs> sure, I I can only imagine. Do you guys kind of set aside time? Maybe maybe uh maybe not like appointments or like son dad dates, but do you kind of set like, hey, you know, this day is strictly just like for us, like we're going to do something on this day. Do you kind of have like a any kind of rhythm or pattern of that sort? oh sure oh sure every uh he just recently
1: got into basketball now nice um so every tuesday we get together um and we go play at a park district the first time we i used to go by myself um but he got into it i say hey why don't you come on by watch us play you know um because he'd always just watch little highlights on on his phone and what have you and i'm like let's you know go watch real people play (laughs) um yeah so we went there one time and uh one of the one of the players there was like hey does he want to play I'm like sure. well he's you know he's only a teenager and granted dude this is like 20s and 30 year old men playing um i'm like no nah, he's just a teenager he just wants to watch well if he wants to play you know and i think he overheard him and he's like yeah i'll yeah. play oh <laughs> and since then he's been going ever since and he's he's more he, he's like more excited than me to go
0: <laughs> wow no that's great i think it's important especially at that age you know you want to start finding your own hobbies your own things because i know it Thirteen years old, like I, I loved sports. I was into like track. I was into volleyball, basketball. You name, it. I played every single sport. I was, I wouldn't say I was a jock, but uh, I, I definitely loved being out more. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I also like playing my video games here and there. But uh, I really love the outdoors. Sure, you at thirteen, if I remember, you, uh, you were quite the opposite, weren't you? Did you get out much? Oh, I was quite the homebody. Oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, I had. <clears throat>
1: Everything you did, it was like the opposite. I was a yeah. homebody, and occasionally I'd do sports. You were the sports guy. I'd occasionally do some, some you know, and occasionally do video games. But, yeah, I, I had a very discreet uh, circle of friends, and I we yeah. just played on on video games all
0: day. Yeah. Nothing Which is why I can't really fault them. <laughs> no, I do. I'm, I'm a sucker. I like the old retro games. Why don't we actually go ahead and kind of rewind now that we're talking about the present a little bit? Let's back up even further um starting from the first time you actually found out that you were going to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I know in my previous episodes I talked about my initial reaction, which I wish I could have taken back because it wasn't a very pleasant reaction. How did you feel? What was the first thought? Um uh, probably probably
1: about the same. It wasn't the yeah. most pleasant of reactions. Um sure. But, you know, obviously, you know, uh, given the circumstances, you know, I was not married, you know, I I had a Stigma on me that you know not being married and having a child that you know something happened you 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 failing in life you did something wrong and what mm-hmm. have you so yeah. it was it wasn't too long after that that those feelings start to subside and you start feeling joy like wow like you know um I'm actually bringing a life into this world you know it's from a mm-hmm. young age I never thought I would ever have a child I don't know yeah I was a like we just said I was kind of a closed door guy I never really thought that I was. uh uh, I was kind of down on myself. I had the lowest self-esteem. Uh, didn't aesthetically take care of myself. I mean, it was it was one of those like it was a far-fetched dream for me. So to hear sure. that it was finally happening, you know, that was later on replaced by excitement. You know, and worried. A lot going on. You have to uh, you have to really think long term. And that was the that was one of the changing points. Is I never really thought long term in my life. It was always you know I'm going to do this until I do this until I do that. But now
0: it's mm-hmm. You
1: have to think 18 years into the future.
0: That's actually a, a pretty good answer and well said. I'm like you again to kind of refresh everybody's memory. Like, I just remember feeling just overwhelmed. We had just arrived in the States, so young and I were only together. Uh, I think we were engaged for less than a year. By the time we actually were married, she was already six months pregnant. I remember thinking to myself, like, I just wanted more time. Like, I just, I was, <laughs> was I was selfish. I just thought, you know. I just got home i wanted more time to travel i wanted to do things and i'm bringing a child to this world and yet i still felt like the child itself who was about to have a child and i just wasn't ready to grow up to where i know someone was like super excited i just remember thinking like i i need support i have to call my dad like right now i, I just i need to tell him i need to talk to him i just need some advice i gotta get my thoughts straight and uh but no it's always good you know having that kind of like support having people to to kind of talk you through things and let you know they know that they're there for you i mean not that it was like the worst news in the world but when all was said and done and i was actually able to finally come out and surprise my parents i remember just them just feeling like super like super excited for the both of us something that's always going to be forever just burned my memory just i was actually one of many few times i actually saw my dad cry like my whole life and it was just touching i'm sure maybe your parents probably felt the same way is that right oh hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I
1: to, of course you had to suck it up and make the phone call that nobody ever wants to make. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you know, their reaction was oddly, uh, oddly quite the opposite of mine. It was one of those, you know, what, what's, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're gonna, Whether you were married or whether you're not, it's still a, a human life. Then we're going to love because it's a, it's a family member. It's a part of you, you know? So there, how can we get mad at it? So they just wanted to know more or less my plan. Uh, because I wasn't in the career I was in now. They want to know my plan for life, and that's all.
0: Sure. What would you say that the pregnancy? I know maybe not many men, where I personally felt like I wasn't as involved mm-hmm. in my wife's pregnancy. Something that I'm constantly reminded every now and then, <laughs> all these years later. Do you feel like you had an active role in your partner's pregnancy? Do you feel um, like you did enough. Because I feel well, like we can only do so much, right? We, it's like, we're not carrying it. We're not bringing it to term. We're not breastfeeding it. I just felt like, what could I do? Like, I could only do so much. I, I could massage your feet if you want me to do that. But I just feel like I just never did enough. I don't know if yours uh, was the same experience. Well, I, I
1: definitely feel you on that. Definitely as a a man, uh, we we definitely feel like we could always do more or we're doing mm-hmm. enough. But it's always... Um, I, I played a pretty active role. You know what necessities? What do you need? Running the running out, getting the you know groceries, you know preparing meals, just making sure you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Red, driving doctor's appointments, the the typical uh, expecting dad things. Um, as far as mental coaching, just say, hey, you got this. You know it's it's part of life. You're doing something great. You know, um, but we had a, it was a smooth uh, smooth pregnancy.
0: It was like a, I didn't really notice any difference. Did you find yourself having to like frantically run through like Barnes and Noble trying to get books on how to prepare yourself to be a dad <laughs> any kind of rule books of that sort? no oddly enough, all her family
1: members would just shower us with those books in general. I'm like, oh my goodness <laughs> yeah <laughs> the very it was almost like the first month I got you know expecting dad dad expecting all those dad books you know yeah. she got the female version of it and uh, from watching movies you know uh I don't know if you' ever seen the movie uh was that Knocked Up with Seth Rogen? Sure, Morgan? Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. There was a yeah. part in the movie where she gets mad at him for uh, not reading the baby books. And, you know, yeah. he's yeah. sitting there, you know, I didn't read the, you know. yeah. You know. yeah. yeah. So uh, the first thing I did was I was working at a, a currency exchange at the time. And I'd bring those books to work with me because I'm like, I'll be the, I'll be damned if I'm going to be the one yeah. that's going to get yelled at <laughs> for not reading the books.
0: Yeah. Got your whole highlighter there, your little notes, little stickers, mm-hmm. little post-its. So yeah. Yeah. You can only prep so much, you know. Nobody yep. or nothing really challenges you until again you are holding your newborn right then in mm-hmm. your hands. And again, as a first moment, as a dad, like what was the first thing you did when you did hold your child?
1: Like like every dad, I mean, just the first sight, you cry. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's probably one of the most joyous moments in the world. I mean, it it it. it I think it was your dad that said nothing else matters anymore. hmm. Now he did, and they, he's exactly right. I mean, you, the from the second it's like time stood still, and there was sure. no one else in the world except you and your newborn. I mean, mm-hmm. um, our child was premature uh, by six weeks, so okay, we weren't able to hold him right away, which made things extra difficult. Because Uh-oh. in that moment, all you want to do is hold your child, but sure, um, we unfortunately got to see him. They did a little presentation and then whisked him away to the uh to the NICU, sure, um, so. But um, tears of joy, nonetheless, time really stood still.
0: And did you get a chance to cut them the umbilical cord? Did they allow you to do that?
1: No, it was oh, no. one of those. We uh, oh, got a snatch, okay. and, snatch and run. Sure, um, okay. It's not that it was any distress, um, but sure. it was one of those. He be in six weeks. You know, lungs are the last thing to develop sure. in a child. So um, I, I, I'm not sure if he was taking adequate breaths or he wasn't perfusing well enough, but they basically cut the cord and, my son was on CPAP for about a week after that in the NICU. So they kind of nice. cut and ran.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. I had no idea. I know um, when, you know, Gianna was born, it was uh, during COVID, a lot of weird, funky protocols. So it was kind of the same thing. Like, even though he was, luckily he was born healthy. Um, but yeah, I the mean, they took him. She only got to spend maybe five, 10 minutes with him, breastfeed a little bit, then they took him, put him in the incubator and took him away. And I thought, dear like, God, like, that's my son. Where you go with my son? He's better off with yeah. us rather than with you. And that just, I just infuriated me like the entire time. Um, yeah, with Gianno, I I cried. Sophie, I could have just, I just stood there like, like just in disbelief. <laughs> like you said, that frozen moment in time. Just now, what? It was like the big, yeah. big now what? Now I'm yeah. responsible. The two mouths. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I remember. I just I just couldn't cry. I think I was just just shocked i everyone i i didn't want to take any pictures i didn't want to put social media like i just want to be there in that moment i just mm-hmm. was just i couldn't believe it i remember the first thing i did was she was laying on the little table they had like that blinding light on her because they were trying to clean her or wash her i remember just taking my finger just saying hey you know daddy's here and she just grasped it I, i'm gonna get choked up thinking about it but and she just held onto my finger and i just thought like wow like I, I have a child like I, i'm a daddy now like this is crazy and i felt bad because i just kind of left it so young behind <laughs> all like on the table like oh help me here like i've just been in labor for 27 hours but just that's again you, you can't you can't put it in any other way now but giano giano cried on the table i was right at so young sign i was just like hey you're a warrior you did it you're amazing yep. she didn't have her drugs the second time so it was all just natural oh. And uh, damn warrior she was oh man <laughs> but i i'm actually pretty lucky i actually got to um Choose both names for for my daughter and son, because um, obviously being Giovanni, I had to keep the, the Italian names going, as you can yeah. understand. Being Salvatore, oh. but oh, of uh, course, I remember for like at least for Sophia, it just took it forever to come up with her name because I remember it like I said, Sophia, Serafina, uh Angelina, anything I'd come up <laughs> with, I could just end with a vowel, just anything, and then it just finally just clicked when I was at uh, I believe it was a, a steak and shake. I was just eating one day I was like Sofina like, that works <laughs> Sofina that's the name that's what I'm gonna name my daughter uh, what about you yeah where, where did uh, what did your son's name come from
1: so we have a ongoing tradition um where we name our uh, Italians that is uh that we name our child after the first um so basically hard to explain but you name it after the gender of what uh, parent it is so that's why, you know, there's the ongoing joke, why there's so many Franks, Tonys and Vinces and yeah. Italian yeah. culture. It's because when your child is born, you typically name him after the uh, parent counterpart. We start with the father's side and then we go to the, the the mother's side. So, for instance, my dad's name is Francesco. Okay. So, being as though it's my firstborn son, he would be Francesco first. Um, and then... Next child, if it's another male, then the woman would name it after her dad. Mm. Um and then if we have a third child and it's a, a woman, you know, I would go back to naming it after uh father's mom. And then, you know, so on and so forth. So
0: um oh. the more
1: genders you have, then it just becomes whatever you want to name it.
0: <laughs> sure. might So that movie from the quick quick wedding. Nick, 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 nicky, nick, nick. Yeah. I need <laughs> and I I am Nick. Am yeah. And I am Gus. <laughs>
1: I was actually, I actually thought about you off topic because uh, I remember us talking about Greek Wedding uh, and they're actually making a third one or made a third one, I Are believe.
0: They? Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, they're, oh they're,
1: man, I wonder if Gio's seen it or. They're adorable. I loved, loved them.
0: them. The first one was just yeah. a mega hit. I, the second one was all right, but it's just it's just nice. I love the yeah. connections from like the first film. So it just made sense for me. Yeah. It's so wonderful. We, no, I, I didn't know that about the, the Italian heritage and the names. That's really cool. That makes yeah. sense it is like nice. a yeah it's more of an antique uh
1: antique thing where like uh for like more people who have come from there they're still mm-hmm. doing it nowadays um italian families are you know putting them as the middle name sure. um so that's kind of gone to the wayside the kind of starting you know new culture new heritage but um mm-hmm. i just my dad was kind of a very dominant figure in my life so i kind of want to honor his life by uh, naming
0: his first grandchild after him. Right. That's nice. I mean, don't be me I would have loved a Giovanni Jr. I would, but only <laughs> I can be Giovanni. Like, right. It's just the way it is. Like it's just me. I'm the Giovanni. Like I could imagine. I love myself. Giano. I love it. I love the name. Giano. It's so so cute. It is. And then obviously our children's middle names are the Korean names. So you have Leah and Leo. Easy. Super easy. Now Let's fast forward a little bit. So now we have kids. They're getting a little bit older. Our lives have changed dramatically. Nothing matters oh. anymore. Anything that was just petty before is just now gone out the window. How did you, as a dad, a new dad, impact your, your work-life balance? Right? How did you how were you able to manage all that? Like you said, you I'm sure financial you know, support was the first thing that came to your mind, is as, as did mine. What were you able to do to kind of manage to make sure that you had time for your family when you were home from work?
1: Well, so at the time, I was working second shift at my dad's restaurant, um, mm-hmm. which from 3 to 11 every day is kind of the peak hours of any sort of baby activity. Um, so initially, it kind of hurt because I was not able to see him awake as much because I mean he'd mm-hmm. be awake during over the night for feedings, but you sure. never get to see your child during the day with the activity level that kind of hit a little hard uh financially wise though it definitely uh made you toe the line it gave you uh it, it pushed all those petty expenses to the wayside and made you focus on a more uh you know i <clears throat> as far as like you know food needs to come first you know he, he comes first and then us you know we make sure you toe the line you know
0: hmm yeah i get it because for us it was a uh... It was a real struggle because I mm. stupidly, I stupidly just quit my job because I thought, all right, we're going to go because yeah, I was still in this, this traveling mode. So I I quit my job. We went to Korea for a couple of months. That way she could see my wife's side of the family. And then when I came back, I wasn't able to find work right away. So then we had to go on food stamps. And I was just kind of just like alone. I mean, nothing wrong with food stamps. So I'm lucky it's no. there. But uh, I just remember like, God, like I really effed up big time. And again, So Young reminds me of this once in a blue moon. <laughs> and uh, I you just learn from it. But it's, those are the kind of things that just kind of just need to happen. You just kind of just deal with that. You have to deal with those struggles. Because I know now that I'm prepping to return to the states this coming May, like I'm I have a plan. Mm-hmm. I get there, as you know, as all my other listeners know, I do plan on becoming a firefighter just like Mr. Sal here. This is the guy who kind of got me, pushed me towards that direction. And I think it's a great career. I think it's a great move for uh, for all of us. And I, I just basically have a plan. Once I get back, get my house, get the car, get set up, have them come over, and then we just kind of move on from there. Um, I, just, I just finally just need that peace of mind. Because again, it's not just going to be me going with a, a fiance anymore. It's me, my wife, and two kids. So I got to grow up a little bit mature which I think I have you would think after two kids all these years later <clears throat> um so let's just see if I can just put that to work <laughs> and apply it to my life strategies that is yeah, the I'm, greatest I'm gonna,
1: career in the world yeah. it'll teach you uh and <laughs> that's something, yeah not just saying because I'm you know I've been doing it for five years but it definitely teaches you life lessons even outside of work being a fireman I'm um a, I'm, I'm a, I assume that you're the same where you'd have to become paramedic and medically trained as well right I would like to do that. That's actually a goal yeah. of mine. Yes. And that will definitely transpire into your personal life. You know, anytime somebody's sick, you have a better understanding of what works, what doesn't work. Whenever somebody gets hurt, you know, you have a better understanding of how to fix it. You know, you'll you'll start seeing certain medicines that you normally take for cold and flu, like, oh, that that really doesn't work at all. You know, mm. it definitely transpires into your, your personal life. You're really going to enjoy it.
0: I hope so, because even now, like, I don't know if I told you this, we recently discovered, oh, I did tell you that, that Giano has asthma, and finding yeah. out was, like, the worst thing. It just scared the crap out of me. Here I am at school, trying to teach a some four-year-old class, and I get to text my wife saying, you know, we're rushing him to the hospital, he can't breathe, and right, right away, like, just my heart just sinks to the pit of my stomach, like, what's going on? Do I have to be here? Do I have to take my bag and run out the door? Like, anytime you hear anything about your kids, just ER, you don't know what to think. Um, but luckily, it wasn't too severe. They just said, basically, your son has, has asthma. And he's got to be put on this little, what do you call this, little inhalers. The next time mm-hmm. he has a fever, which he has the past three days, he, he's prone to getting these attacks. And so that's why I can, uh, I'm i kind of uh, leaning towards a career in, in the medical field, EMT. So I know I'm knowledgeable about this yeah. and that I can prevent any other kids from uh, not getting hurt, but I can assist when necessary that's that's the goal yeah, yeah. and it's, it's selfless it's, you know it's very selfless i, I would love to, to like you said it's not even like a job it's it's something that's um for lack of better words it's it's just heroic it's brave it's noble that's what yeah. it's just, it's just doing the right thing it'll
1: eventually i mean if there's any firemen listening it'll eventually lead to you know it doesn't even feel like work you go there hang out with your friends for 24 hours. You're off two whole days. Cause I work a 24, 48 hour shift.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: just feels like you're going there, hanging out with friends. You play pranks on each other. You eat dinner, you you know sleep at the station. It, mm-hmm. it becomes your second family away from your family. Um, but as far as this, it definitely does erase that stigma. I know if you're like me as a child growing up or even now, going to an ER or a doctor's office, even you guys, those little, little worries in your stomach, those little, that little fluttering in your chest, Mm -hmm. definitely transporting patients to the hospital uh, on a daily basis. It kind of erases that because you start to develop an understanding, better relationship with your doctors, nurses, and it it, it kind of erases that stigma. Now it's like uh, going into the, uh, like walking into a store when you go to the ER. Yeah.
0: Hmm. It's funny, right? You don't really think about that oh mm. ah, that's a really nice perspective i'm still terrified of the dentist though <laughs> oh god me too I, I think i'm overdue they keep sending me text messages to come in i'm like i don't know yet let me just floss a little bit more i'll get back to you <laughs> Yeah. why do you that's want to see life? me i brush yeah. three times a day uh, that was a brutal last trip so I was like oh my god i never want to experience this pain again so I'm, I'm always making sure to at least brush three times a day now um let's let's actually move into parenting philosophy I think that'd be a yeah. nice little topic. Um, what values would you say or principles do you prioritize in your approach to parenting? Like, can you share uh, a lesson or a piece of advice you've learned on your journey as a dad?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, you touched on this in, in your first podcast. They don't, they can give you every handbook in the world, but nobody can tell you how to raise your child.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that is an experience in and of itself. And when I was a, growing up, I had a very structured, you know, parenting. I was going to do this. I was told to do that. Uh, You know, it was pretty much like, I wasn't able to make mistakes because I was reminded how not to do things, if that makes any sense. So Mm -hmm. um, I kind of want my child now to learn before he does it. You know, I want him to make the mistakes, you know, so he can learn from them. I was always taught, you know, at growing up school failure is your best teacher. Um, so if, if you don't fail, you can't learn from anything. We can always tell you don't do this and you'll always wonder why, what happens if it does happen. But until you truly see what happens when you fail, then you can learn from it. You know, we've all failed. Um, as far as my son, you know, obviously I don't let him do anything dangerous that'll result hmm. in him hurting himself, but a uh, little trivial things. I'll let him make the mistakes. And if it's worth, uh, if it's worth uh, giving him you know, uh, a talking to, then I will. If not, then I kind of just let him be free-spirited and just coach him along the way. Mm. Uh, I guess that's a better word for it, is you're, you're not so much parent, quote-unquote, as far as you're a, a life coach. Mm. Um, you're prepping him for your job to become a dad, to become a successful uh, parent, uh,
0: business person, what have you. Whatever he chooses, steer him on the right path. With Sophie, you know, she's just still finding her own groove. I mean, this girl, I mean, she loves to watch her Mickey Mouse. Um, but what I've noticed is that she's got, like, a really good memory. Like, she absorbs information, like, really easily, starts, like, memorizing. I, I think she gets that for me because I, I wouldn't say I have a photographic memory, but it's its a pretty long-lasting. I, I've got the memory of an elephant. I don't forget things. <laughs> uh, so in that sense, I'm kind of hoping she's taken after me. Um, but with, uh, you know, having a daughter, I feel like I'm softer, obviously, towards her. Growing up, um, I feel like it was, it was a tough household. I probably can relate to you. Everything was always just no, well-disciplined, do as you're told. I get the spanking every now and then. Oh, yeah. And I was oh, yeah. told that uh, I would never spank my kids, and I'm guilty of it, obviously. I do have a temper, especially when these kids are going through these like temper tantrums, because I'm just an angry one as well. So I always just fight fire with fire, rather than being the, the civilized adult and trying to talk through things I usually react first and then think after and that gets me in trouble with both the wife and the kids and so i those are the things i'm constantly just need to work on myself with as far as my parenting techniques and uh i read this really good book that my dad actually gave me for for uh, christmas called uh, the growth mindset how there's two different mindsets the fixed and the growth one right a fixed mindset you're just kind of stuck in your ways with the growth you're, you're seeing things in like nine different perspectives and from analyzing each one it's just a different angle a different solution with each one if you approach it that way and I thought that's a really good tool for not only just you know business relationships but parenting and uh, uh marriage as well so I'm really trying to apply that um yeah but yeah, but yeah again we can only do so much How, what would you say is um maybe some practical tips or maybe dad hacks You'd like to share with um, other dads, like any favorite books, podcasts, or maybe resources that have helped you navigate fatherhood. Yeah. Here's the
1: thing. The easiest thing to remember is a child is basically a smaller version of you. Mm-hmm. So any interests, any foods, any, whatever that you had growing up, he is going to have those interests, maybe slightly modernized because obviously time change, interests change, but Just find that one thing that you have in common and just run with it. Um, Big wise and favorite TV show, favorite activity and just run with it. Um, Let, you know, nobody, like I said, nobody gives you a a handbook on how to raise a child from start to finish, but let him kind of guide you um, Mm kind of work off of each other. So for me, it's easy for him. We find a common interest. Sometimes we don't even feel like parent and son. We feel like, you know, friend and best friend because we just hmm. like the same things and we just roll yeah. with it yeah. um there are times where he you know you have you have to be the parent and i've reminded I him all this time
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
0: like, my dad always says we're not friends i'm your father yep
1: Never call me your friend. (laughs) I was like, Yes, sir. (laughs) Which always confuses them because there's times where, you know, I'm giving him that talking to and I'm like, buddy, you're like my best friend. And he's like, but you said I wasn't your friend. Let me finish, all right? That's not what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I constantly remind him, you know, and and before I punish him, i always remind him, I'll be, you know, I can be your best friend or I can be your worst enemy. Don't make me be the second one, you know. Yeah. And he kind of then understands, like, oh boy, I did something wrong.
0: Yeah. I'm a Never
1: perfectionist with them,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes that I, I have too much of a of a control issue. I always want things my way. and I just have to really just stop doing that. I really just got to let Sophie do her own thing because I felt like with her growing up, I kind of just gave her too much anxiety and all that's just on me. But again, a work in progress. I'm always that building with all the scaffolds around me, right? We all have our flaws, but we all just kind of figure it out um, along the way, yeah. Yeah. Closing thoughts, I feel like you kind of just touched base on everything. I think I, from everything you've gave uh, your, your spiel, you clearly are a fine example of what a good dad, a great dad should oh, be. Hey. <laughs> and Thank I hope you. That anybody who does, absolutely, who listens to this can kind of take your your life advice. Um, again, whether you're expecting dad for the first time, it, it really is a wonderful moment. Really cherish it. I know I addressed in a previous episode, how about, you know, we only have on average about 18 summers with our kids and how maybe even half of them, like your son, how he started to find friends, spending more time away from home. We'll be kind of just losing these little tiny windows we have with our children and to really uh cherish every moment that we have with them. But we'll go ahead and uh, conclude today's episode here. Sal, it was a pleasure having you on today's episode. I Thank you for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. It was Absolutely. my dream to be
1: on one of your pods since you were still <laughs> on the first one. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know I'm terrible. I have a terrible podcast voice.
0: My son is actually
1: funny thing is, uh, he's actually subscribed to you. We were listening to you on uh, on a drive to go get lunch one day because I was telling Susan, and it it was your very first episode. And he was in the back seat listening. He's like, "Do you care if I listen to him?" He's got such a good podcast voice. I'm like, "Please Uh, subscribe
0: away." Appreciate the love. (laughs) Appreciate the love. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode be sure to head over to my link tree where you can access all my socials, which include my Facebook, YouTube, as well as my Instagram account. I'll catch you next week on a brand new episode of All That Jazz. Have a good night.